Greetings, church leaders and friends. Welcome to another episode of the Effective Church Leaders Podcast, where we offer practical advice and insights to help you get better equipped, lead more effectively, and help your church thrive. I'm your host, Becky Holton, and I'm joined by my co-host, Carrie Holton. How are you doing today, babe? I'm doing all right. Yeah, you're doing all right. Well, we're both a little sad. We are. We've lost some friends recently and it's 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 hard to bear that news isn't it? actually three friends to be exact in about 10 days and it's it's just sad and they were all church leaders too they were and and certainly they they leave behind people close of family and friends who are suffering Mm -hmm. and grieving their loss and we feel for them and you know they were all three men um that were very supportive of of this work and of this ministry yes, and of wanting church leaders to do well, to lead the kingdom of God. So uh, I think we carry on, you know, they were all three men who loved the church. Oh my goodness. They were leaders. They Uh, they wanted to see the church flourish and thrive. Facebook is blowing up with people leaving examples of how they serve them in their lives. And boy, that's a legacy you want to be able to leave that you help someone get closer to Jesus really. Right, and all three right. of these men did in multiple layers. So, you know, that's the good news we carry on with is bittersweet we, times. It is. It is. We will miss them, but boy, we will miss them. You've said it. They're celebrating. Yes. Well, maybe we better go on to what we plan to talk about today. They shall would, we? They would not be happy if we didn't. So here we go. Let's think about what we did in our last episode, honey. We mentioned that this might just be the perfect time for church leaders to really give serious thought to their church's mission and vision for the future. Because here we are in the fourth quarter of the year. Wow, how'd that happen? Right. <laughs> a brand new year is just a few months away. The pandemic will be going away in time and perhaps sooner than we think with news of vaccines coming Hopefully, out. Hopefully, yes. Right? So, this may indeed be the ideal time to think about the future, to dream again about what God can do among us and among the people in your church. To set some goals and identify some strategies for reaching those goals. Right. And and we want to follow up on those thoughts with this podcast on what we're calling moving the needle. And, you know, that language just refers to an indicator needle of an instrument that measures progress, like a speedometer. To move the needle is to shift the situation in some area, in an activity or a sphere, to a noticeable degree of some kind where you can see something's changing. Yes. Yes, so so when business people, for example, talk about moving the needle in their organization, they ask questions such as these. What programs or efforts are we involved in causing us to make progress? What are we doing that is productive, that is moving us toward our goals? And what might we be doing that is not moving us in the desired direction? Right. And, and we're thinking that this would be actually an ideal time for church leaders to look in the mirror and ask, what is moving the needle? And what is not moving the needle in our church family? What are we doing that is moving us in the direction we desire to go? What programs or events are helping us to make progress? And perhaps there needs to be some discussion on what is not moving the needle as well. Yes, and perhaps there needs to be talk about discontinuing programs 
that don't seem to be helping the church make progress toward her goals. Yes. So let's offer some suggestions, hon, that would help church leaders who might want to begin a moving the needle discussion with the other church leaders and their peers. Sounds good, babe. I think the first thing we would suggest is that church leaders really need to have clearly identified their goals, their vision for the future. If you don't know where you are going and what you are trying to accomplish, then there is no sense in trying to measure the effectiveness or lack of effectiveness in any of your programs. Right. That just makes sense. So the place to start would be to make sure you have identified why you exist as a church, where you want to go in the next several years, and how you intend to get there. The place to start is with your mission, vision, and strategy, and your goals need to be clearly defined. You really need to be able to identify your intended results as well. I could not agree more. Now, can you provide an example of what you mean? Well, uh, sure. You know, we've talked a lot on this podcast about churches having a disciple path. We see so much value in identifying such a path. So let's say that one of the goals of church leaders is to help followers of Christ grow spiritually. Let's say they want to see them mature into spiritual adulthood. This ought to be one of the goals of every church leader. Amen to that. And you know, hon, if the goal is spiritual maturity, a discipleship path will help church leaders to know the steps that followers of Christ might take to become full-grown followers of Jesus. Some of those steps might be to worship regularly with God's people, to establish a daily quiet time with God that involves personal Bible study and prayer, and one step might be to share one's faith. So we're saying that church leaders might identify certain goals along a discipleship path, such as to encourage followers of Christ to uh, worship regularly with God's people or to help them set up a daily appointment with God that involves Bible study and prayer or to encourage and train Christians to share their faith with others. Yes, and those would be some worthy aims, I think. And again, we would encourage church leaders to consider identifying the steps that lead to spiritual maturity. Then, include those concrete steps in a discipleship path that they would expect church members to walk. Essentially, then, the first step is to identify your goals, to identify what you want to measure or what you want to track. And that would be the second suggestion, actually, to start tracking or measuring progress on those goals. Yes. For example, let's think about some of those steps in a discipleship path. Okay. Church leaders will need to find a way to track progress that is being made on those specific steps. For example... If your goal is to encourage Jesus' followers to worship together regularly, then you need to find a way to track those who worship together on Sunday. You would want to find a way to track those who are making progress on following through with their desire to meet up with God every day. And you would want to identify a way to track those who are talking about or taking steps to talk about Jesus and their faith with unbelievers. Tracking progress or the lack of progress on some kind of dashboard is absolutely key. You can't tell if your efforts and programs to move the needle are working if you aren't tracking that progress. Right. 
So steps one and two on moving the needle would be to identify your goals, what you are trying to accomplish, and then finding a way to track your progress on those goals. Okay, good. Well, what about step three? Okay. Well, step three might be the toughest step of all. Once church leaders identify those efforts or programs that are not moving the needle, that are not bringing about the desired results, well, they will need to summon the courage to scrap those programs, to discontinue them. Yes, this is tough. (laughs) This is something that is very hard to do. You know, over time, there are programs in the church that become, well, sacred cows. It's like they can't be touched. Some of those programs may be dearly loved by certain people, and those people would not want to see those programs discontinued, even if those programs are not achieving the church's goals. True. And and church leaders need to tread lightly just here. Yes. They need to communicate with people what they are planning to do and why. They will need to explain why they have made the decision to discontinue certain events or programs. You know, I'm thinking about something Jesus said in John 15. He said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. Um, Doesn't that text teach the value of pruning? I think so. Sounds like that to me, you know, and teaches that our Father... I believe, is actively pruning in our lives to make us more fruitful. And isn't there a principle in that text that pruning allows for more productivity and fruitfulness? I guess what I'm trying to take from that text is that there is value in pruning certain programs in the church so that the church can be more productive and more fruitful. Absolutely. Church leaders need to be willing to prune their church's programs so that the church can reach her goals so that she can be more fruitful and more productive. Right. Well, we've talked about three steps that help leaders to move the needle in their churches. They will want to clearly identify their goals, what they're trying to accomplish. They will want to set up a way to track progress on those goals. And finally, they will need to summon the courage to discontinue events or programs that are not achieving the desired results. Right. Honey, there's one more point I think we should make before we conclude this podcast. I think we should talk for just a few minutes about accountability. I believe the notion that we church leaders are accountable to God for the health and growth of his people will motivate us to think seriously about moving the needle and to think seriously about all that phrase entails. What are you getting at with that statement? Well... I believe God holds us accountable for trying to move the needle in his cause. In the end, we church leaders are accountable to God for what we do in the church. And notice, I said that God holds church leaders accountable for trying to move the needle. No doubt, any credit for progress made goes to God. He's responsible for growth. But I really do believe that we church leaders must try to make the progress that he brings about. And by the way, just now I'm thinking about a passage of Scripture that we recently meditated upon in our online three-column Bible study community. It's Isaiah 52, verses 1 and 2. 
In the broader context of that passage, God is telling his children that he is going to rescue them from captivity, but I want you to notice our reading in the first two verses of that chapter. God tells his children to put on your strength and put on your beautiful garments and shake yourself from the dust and rise up and loose the bonds from your neck. In other words, work in the kingdom is always a joint enterprise. God delivers. God gives the progress and the growth. But he expects us to exercise our own will and effort in response to what he has done and will do in our behalf. In Isaiah, Jerusalem is not merely lifted from the dust, but is called to get up and shake off the dust. Likewise, she must remove the chains from her neck for herself. I think that's a good point. And I'm also thinking of another passage in Matthew 25 that would apply here. Uh, It's a story of a man who gave a certain number of talents to his slaves. I'm sure you remember this one. And to one he gave five, and to another he gave two talents, and to another one he gave one. Each was given according to his ability. And you, you remember the story. Two of the servants did very well. They made the most of the talents. Their benefactor had given them, but one man Oh, the one man who had been given just one talent, he didn't do anything with the talent. And his doing nothing cost him dearly. He was called a worthless slave and thrown into the outer darkness where there was weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's what the verse says. Pretty grime, not grime, grim perspective there. And it's, you know, I think that applies to us. It's not enough for us to sit on our hands and become tolerant of status quo when the Lord's church fails to make progress and it actually declines. If something is not working, if a program or event is not moving the needle, we church leaders need to be willing to take a hard look at it and discontinue if we need to. So well said, babe. Thank you. You know, I think it's really tough to hold ourselves accountable to our goals. It is. It's a real challenge to set goals for the growth of God's people and then hold ourselves accountable to our efforts to reach those goals. But isn't this what the Lord demands of us? Doesn't he want us to do our best in his cause and make changes when those changes are called for? So I think, again, we church leaders need to remember that we are accountable to the Lord of heaven. And in this context, that means that he expects us to use our noggins if what we are doing is not moving the needle, we really need to be willing to change our strategies. Yes, yes, yes. So our plea is for church leaders to hold themselves accountable to their goals, to their plans, and what they are trying to do in the name of the Lord and for the Lord. The church does not belong to us. That's right. We need to try to advance the cause. And if what we are doing is not advancing the cause, We need to be willing to go back to the drawing board. Well, I'm sure you've heard 
some passion in our voices, and we're okay with that. It's because we do love the Lord and we love His church, and with that, we'll say to all of our listeners, thank you for listening, and God bless each of you in your efforts to glorify the Lord. We'll plan to return next week with another episode of the Effective Church Leaders Podcast, where we offer practical advice and insights to help you get better equipped, lead more effectively, and help your church thrive.